Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We're going deep in the muds on Amigos, episode 371. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about muds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sounds good, now, Aaron, man. you were a big you were a big BBS guy back in the day. I was. What was the first mud that you played? Well, <laughs> muds actually were kind of... I did not play muds. I'll be honest with you. Mm. I, I didn't do any... In fact, I don't think I ever played a one. That was sort of something... I mean, I'm sure they were around. It's not something I actually did. I played multi-user games. But like it was more like uh, Space Dynasty and uh, Trade Wars and stuff like that. So Mud. Now the Chud, Chud was deep in the Muds. His favorite one was uh, this game where you play vampires. I may have told this story before, but one of the things, of course, a Mud multi-user dungeon. That's not what today's game is, by the way. But uh, just while we're on the subject, uh, uh, multi-user dungeons on BBSs uh, meant that you would typing commands and, and whatnot to play the game and in the game chad played he got so obsessed with it, he'd be on there all the time and i remember he pulled his this was unheard of at the time but he pulled his whole computer rig right up to his bed and so he would just lay there and just play. <laughs> i mean a full rig it wasn't like a now, laptop you know i muds are really like a um a text-based rogue Right? Is that how you well, describe them? Well, it depends. I mean, they varied. Uh, uh, like, for example, this vampire. I, I, I know you didn't play it, but I'm sure you were around when he was playing it. Yeah, I was. Give me the rundown of the play of well, this game. Well, uh, you, would, you would just move around, and you would basically, as far as I could tell, you would, uh, you would obtain power and stuff i don't know how and then you would try to kill off the other people in the in the, in the was world. this a graphical game or was it all no text it was but... all text but his, his cunning plan was because chad's such a he's a an angler mm -hmm. he uh he knew that to kill someone you'd have to type in like forward slash kill and then like boat all right so his name was was like a uh, uh, 70 character long jarbled mess Mm. That he could, by the way, he could pronounce it for me, as I recall. So whatever it was, but I mean, <laughs> so people to kill him, but they'd have to time it somehow to where they type all that in to kill him. So he knew they could never get his name typed him quick enough to, for him to die. He'd be gone. That's, that's right. A good plan. Yeah. So that's a kind of, that's a kind of crap. But no, muds uh, were not my bag uh, boat back mm. in the day. And I'm guessing you've never played one. No, no, no. I, uh, I, I knew about them, but that was something that, uh, by the time I was using the internet had already gone away. Now, what do you think about, since this is more online with the game, what mud based sports have you gotten into in your life? Uh, well, you know, we used to play a bit of, uh, football in the, the, in the school of music at Ohio university, there used to be a big open field and it was named after my friend, Greg. We were just talking about Greg. It was called the Hawkman dome. Hmm. And uh, we used to get out there, all the school of music guys, you know, we're not what you call athletically built, most of us, but we would go out there in the fall and we would play full on unpadded tackle football mm. and just destroy our bodies. And yeah. so rolling around in the mud and back there in the Hawkman Dome, that's probably the, the only mud sport I've ever taken part in. You know, along those lines, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned the show, but they have a, every every year at Thanksgiving, they have a, they have a mud based football game in St. Albans, which is a little town near where we live. It's called the Toilet Bowl, but you know about it. Mm -hmm. And yep. the and two teams that from I think it's one on each side of the tracks out there have perpetually had a game on this day for like 
what, 60 years or something ridiculous? A long, it's long a long time, yeah. time. And there's even a really cruddy trophy. There's a missed toilet bowl that comes out. It's it's a neighborhood <laughs> thing, but it's it's pretty famous around these parts. Did you ever get into stuff like uh, mudding or tractor pulls or any of that stuff? I've never been one for, um, they call them, I think, uh, adventure vehicles. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you see these things. They, it seems like they get more popular every year. Yeah, they're and, of course, you always pass by the, the guys, the, the jacked up trucks. Not jacked up as in broken. I mean, physically jacked up like 12 feet in the air yeah. with the monster truck tires that have mud all over them. But that's never been, you know, another mud activity I did was doing marching band competitions. Yeah. Those were frequently held in mud fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, boy, I've been there. That's for sure. Have you ever lost a shoe on the field? Well, I got, I got, you know, at Hazard County, Kentucky, yeah. my sophomore year, we did a, we did a competition there. And, uh, then not only was the field incredibly muddy, but I forgot my marching band shoes. Yeah. And you know what happens when you forget your shoes? You got to march in the old socks. So I did the mud and the socks I've came together. Heard. Usually they have it a spare awful. pair in the truck. Nobody somewhere. had a spare pair. There was nothing Man, going on. I got no out. action. I've never heard yeah. of that. I, yeah. uh, I've seen a lot of accidents happen in the mud and the band the competition as well. You know, the, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know what mudden is. Because I was oh, talking, yeah, we should explain that. Mudden, there's a there's a sport that in your more rural communities where you just take, like, your truck or whatever, and you go out to the muddiest, like, swampy dump that you can find, and then you try to drive through it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the sport. And so, you do donuts. You cavort. Yeah. You know, you, uh, I the think there's beer drinking, involved. Yeah. But, yeah. you, but often, I mean, and this happens all the time, but I know you said you'll be at the gas station and like a truck will come in and it's just completely covered in just, mud. You like, see no paint. It's just mud all over it. You know, yeah. famously, do you remember that, uh, uh, that reality show that was on MTV that had the West Virginia people in it? It was called Buck Wild, I think it was called. One mm. of the, it was on MTV. It was sort of a hit show, sort of in the vein of like your Jersey Shore. Right. And, uh, famously, one of the stars on that, in fact, a cu- and a couple other people died because they were out mudding, and their car, their uh, uh, their uh, exhaust pipe got clogged with mud, and they got stuck, and they literally they died of asphyxiation in the car. Oh, that's horrible. So, I mean, it's I guess you you didn't think that could happen, but it can. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but mud mud based sports and like hey, mud wrestling was a big thing back in the day. We don't see that too much anymore. Uh, but uh, that was something else I, c- I could think. Of. I wonder why you. I mean, obviously, I think it's it's just the the abundance of other filth that is better filth. It's easier to get. Kind of took the place of mud well, wrestling. You know, uh, well, I mud wrestling. There's a. I'm sure it's. Are sure. you about to say there's an art to it? Because I no, already don't. No, I'm it. not saying that. I hated it. But mud <laughs> wrestling. It was something that used to be only you would only see it like a strip club or like right. a specialty event. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it would be like yeah. It sort yeah. of it cajoled its way into like pro wrestling, and so they for a while on Monday nights when they wanted to get a big raid, they'd pop, they'd get the chicks out in the bikinis, and they'd have mud wrestling. Mm-hmm. And stuff. But the, it's always horrible. It's all right. I never understood even the sexiness of it. And a muddy chick. I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. I don't know. But uh, yeah. somebody does it. But yeah, it's here recently, thankfully, that's fallen out of favor, Boat. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's not fallen out of favor, Aaron. It's the Amiga. We've had tons of Amiga news this week. Why don't we talk about it? Good idea. All right, Aaron. Our first story this week comes to us from Indie Retro News. You know, if you haven't been to IndieRetroNews.com lately, you need to check them out because that's where we get all our stories from when go it comes there. to gaming. Yeah. 
There's a game, Aaron, that's pretty famous called Among Us. Do you yeah. know anything about this game? I have heard of this one, yes. Yeah, this is a game, I believe, where you, there's lying involved. It's one of these games where, like, somebody is the... Uh, Somebody is the the spy or like the bad guy, and you don't know until it's too late, and then he runs or she runs rampant all over you. So, uh, <laughs> this game, of course, incredibly popular on the PC, but now is coming to the Amiga. Hmm. Uh, there is a uh, an outfit called Electric Black Sheep, uh, and uh, this is a uh, it's, it says Among Us inspiration. So I don't know if this is actually a port of the actual game. Or if they're just using those uh, Among Us creatures as they go about, it looks sort of like an alien breed thing, doesn't it? It's called. They call it None of Us. <laughs> so yeah, None go. of Us. Yeah. Uh, it. I, you know. I, I, again, I've seen the little guys, but I don't know much about the game. I never played it, so I don't know if this is a straight pour. I'm like you. I'm kind of in the dark on this. So. But I mean, uh, well, they, they they do talk. They say the essence of this test is to obscure the opponents from the player's viewpoint with light and shadow. Oh, I see. So this is something that is uh, unique to the Amiga. Uh, and uh, it requires an Amiga with an ECS, 2 mega chip RAM, and a fast CPU. So uh, you uh, you can download this thing and you can try it out, I guess, if you want to. Or maybe not. Maybe you can just watch the video. But uh, I don't know. Again, this is this is one that popped up, and since I don't really play, I get Among Us and Fall Guys confused a lot. Yeah, but Fall they're Guys different is way things. different. Yeah, this yeah. looks like it's good. Uh, it's a work in progress. It says, but you can download it right now. It's, it looks like a uh, looks like it's one of these uh, name your own price gimmicks. I like the mm. name your own price uh, gimmick. Yeah, but, I know what your price is. No, I, I listen. I pay. I pay big time, brother. I pay mm. every day. I get up in a bed. But uh, yeah, I, this. I like this, so I, I may have to give that a shot because I always heard that game was a lot of fun. I, like I said, I have not yeah. played it. I don't know. Now, this next story, Aaron, uh, two games are being updated, Metro Siege and Demon Claw, and both of these games, of course, we've been talking about Metro Siege for two or three decades now. Oh, this this game looks freaking fantastic. Yeah, this is does. that Final Fight game, Yeah, uh, if you recall. Uh, and this is uh, this is a, basically, it's a, um, it's, it's sort of a developer uh, thing where they're talking to the people that are making the games uh, and uh, it says that they're showing off uh, you know just work in progress footage talking about colors that they use uh, and of course you know make, being these being OCS games uh, it's in, you know it's always sort of interesting how they manage to cram that many colors onto the screen at once so if you're curious about uh, the technical specifics of these games and want to see some brand new footage I'm super excited for both of these both of these are made with the Scorpion engine. So, uh, and of, uh, of course, the Scorpion engine, as noted, it allows non-programmers to make high-quality retro games that run on 16-bit hardware. I never buy it when they say non-programmers because there's usually some heavy lifting involved. It's not as if you're just dragging and dropping stuff. So I'm excited for both these games and uh, especially Metro Siege because, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good Final Fight clone. You know what you should do, Boat, in the Discord? You guys should put together a Scorpion engine uh, area and then group, get somebody to come in and help you, and then groupedly make some sort of game. That'd be a nice challenge. You know, I am in line right behind you to get on that. <laughs> come on. I can't make a game. I'm an idiot, Bo. You've got brains. <laughs> Next up, Aaron, we've got a story. Uh, this is just a, uh, this is a, um, a uh, what do we call this? This is a YouTube video where we're making, uh, there's a guy that is talking about paint programs on the Amiga. Now, Aaron. 
You know, the we had a little foray into uh, uh, deluxe paint in the early days of the show, where right? we thought it would be a great idea to talk about some good old serious applications yeah. on the Amiga. Um, and uh, of course, that did not last very long. So, if you want somebody to give you a rundown <laughs> on different paint programs on the Amiga, this guy does deluxe paint, personal paint, and brilliance. His name's his uh, channel name is Mikey G Retro. Uh, you can Good check name. out his uh, his channel and his video on paint programs on the Amiga. Is that the one we brought Will in on? I can't always. That's I right. Yeah. That's right. And so yeah, but listen, we brought in a rigger because we knew our shortcomings. <laughs> we didn't, we know better. Yeah, it looks great. Hey, listen, serious Amiga. We've got silly Amiga covered, so it's good to That's see right. someone bringing. We the got plenty, side. plenty yeah. of silly. Now, Aaron, I'm going to let you take this next story. It's the last week to enter the Amiga Art Contest. Oh, Tell us yeah. about the Amiga Art Contest. So, as you all may or may not know, we we have we know a, a fine fellow named Doug, and Doug runs the 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, a very popular uh, YouTube show. And the last few years, Doug has been running the Amiga Art Contest 2022. And I believe you've got about, well, as the recording of this, it's like six days left to to submit your uh, various project. Uh, of course, aside from just straight-up art, I believe there's also music. I think there's an animation thing. There's a lot of different categories. Uh, if you want to go over to AmigaArtwork.com, like Doug has got a real nice uh, setup here to kind of get to kind of hold your hand. Also shows you some of the people that have previously won uh, this year. Uh, in the past couple years, uh, Doug has judged this with Pixel Vixen, uh, who's uh, a, a well-known artist that that uh, does the Amiga art quite a bit, uh, and she's over in Japan. But I think uh, this I think she, this she could not fit this in, and so they've brought in. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Saunders. Saunders, and I believe wasn't he believe one of the? You. He was one of the. Uh, he was one of the guys that like won uh, parts of this. Yeah, I think he's like a previous winner. So don't know much about Kevin Saunders. Don't know what his role is in the Amiga community, well, but I'm sure he's ours. somebody. It, it, it's, yeah. and it's great. But yeah, this looks great. It should be a lot of fun. And then eventually, uh, well, I asked I asked Doug. He couldn't pin down a date when they would release the uh, video for this, but uh, uh, it should be a lot of fun. I would say sometime probably in the next month after it closes you're they'll finally put the final well, show together if they really want to get somebody that knows what they're doing to get in here doug needs to call up Barkbit because Barkbit is the savant when it comes to any sort of amiga creativity he does great art he does great music he's the man so my suggestion dump this kevin guy get Barkbit on well, the well no don't what, what are you burying kevin for he didn't do nothing listen man he's a renowned if artist I don't, don't bury a renowned him. artist come listen, on ignore boat he's been an idiot this guy's a He's a good guy. I've heard him talk. Barkman mm. also, by the way, is a stud who's entered this uh, uh, in previous years. So this stuff's always great. And by the way, I use his music on pretty much every show I do. So you know I love him. He, he literally. He's How a, many shows do you do exactly? Oh man, I, I don't. I don't want to count. It's a ton. It's a ton. <laughs> Plus, I, I've got bits of his music in so many of my shows and proc. I mean, it's everywhere. Credits, openings, everywhere. Barkman all over. Barkman, Duncan Styles everywhere. So, yeah, check this right. out. 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. Should be a good time. Uh, check that out. Get your art in soon, Boat. Next up. Not you. Don't you get your art in. <laughs> For God's that, sakes. I, no. Gosh, nobody needs another lame Langelo. So, Aaron, Chris Edwards is back with another repair video. You check this one out. Yeah. What's going on with this 3000 team, well, man? Listen, Chris Edwards puts out a ton of videos. Every week, he's got a couple. 
uh, and I like to I like to spotlight at least one every at least every week or two. And I, I and listen, I I call Chris wacky. I give him the business sometimes, but let me tell you something. Uh, I've been around the the block when it comes to doing board repairs over the years. Sometimes they're easy, sometimes they're hard. And I was watching him do the uh, work on this three thousand tower Amiga board, and this is some seasoned professional stuttery. And I want to give this guy his just desserts and his dap, and give him all the love for his ability to take this thing out of the fire. The troubleshooting he spotlights in this video is particularly compelling. If you're, uh, if whether you're a uh, old troubleshooter like I am, or someone that's just coming down the line, or someone that doesn't troubleshoot at all, because he does a great systematic look at this stuff, and the way he goes through it is quite. It, there's a there's a cadence and there's a uh, an order to how you troubleshoot stuff. And I, as I watched him do this, because this is the second part of this video, I was very impressed uh, that I mean this guy didn't just fall off a turnip truck. He is a good hand, a great hand. If you want to watch someone uh, who knows what they're doing go to work, then this is this is the video for you. I was real impressed. I was very happy to see him succeed here. It was a lot of fun. I don't know much about uh, some of the bigger Amigas, and so just to get to go him to go through it, kind of explain some of what's going on or what could cause certain troubles, it was quite remarkable. I really enjoyed it, and so I thought some of our more hardcore uh, listeners and viewers might want to check it out. And along those lines, we don't have this listed, but I want to mention this as well. Uh, our, our good buddy 48k Ram was had, was up on stream last night and he was or on Tuesday at troubleshooting his BBC micro this is another excellent uh not only are, not only is it interesting to watch him work but much like Chris there's a, there's a me uh, methodology to what he does but it's an interesting uh look into what makes these computers tick in the case of this particular video it's the 3000t in the case of 48k Ram. It's his uh, BBC Micro, uh, which is a machine I'm not very familiar with, Boat. And so it was. I found both these very compelling. Uh, you can check Chris Edwards out on his channel right now. And uh, we'll have uh, we'll have 48K Rams stream up here in a week or so for you to check that out. I recommend both. They're quite, quite interesting, uh, Boat. A uh, couple more things I want to talk about before we shut the news down. That's all the links we've got. Um I want to, once again, direct people. We mentioned it last week, but I'll mention it again. You see me, I'm wearing the shirt here. The Amiga Show. If you haven't checked this out, get over and check this thing out. Uh, uh, the, he, he needs far more action on this video, and his whole series is great. If you haven't checked out The Amiga Show, uh, just uh, hop on YouTube and look it up. I love the quality... I love the quality of the video in it, because it's, it's all done with an Amiga, and it's got that rich, sort of 80s and 90s feel to it that you really can't it's real hard to emulate that in the boat with well, modern equipment it's real nice yeah i mean the what, what he's done is he's created a product that looks like it actually came from the time period that he's talking about which is not easy to do because it's super easy to make something that looks slick or that looks like it's not slick but filmed on a phone yeah. you know yeah looks like it's got just enough rough edges and it's got that music behind it yeah and it's got i mean you can almost see like the tracking <laughs> on the vhs but i mean it's just like it's it's really it's it's a show unlike any other and it's so much better than any other amiga content on the internet well i mean this i don't want to go down that road I mean, well i will good. i'm telling you straight up there's nobody that does it better 
Name well, me one person that does it better. Listen, I'm not going to bury all the other shows, but I will say this. I'm not burying anybody. His, I'm just saying there's a winner, and it's the Amiga the, show. The Amiga show, it. I'm not going to say that because it's not fair, but the Amiga show, it has an artistic element to it that I that I really enjoy. That's particularly the, the uh, part on in this particular episode on the photos that he used with his digitizer, I thought were quite beautiful. Uh, and I like how he highlights. You really get the feel of the Amiga for in those early heady days, as as uh, as not just a computer where you play with your cool games. But I mean, this thing was a this thing was an art tool. This was a design tool, and you do get a feel for what Commodore probably wanted you to think about it, as opposed to ultimately what it became. Uh, and so, it, and uh, he does a great job uh, fleshing that out. So I wanted to give that a little bit of. Uh, hype there, but a great, a great show. I'll, I'll, we got, we've, we're very fortunate in the media community. We've got a lot of uh, great, great content. Boat, it's the best. I don't care what you say. It's the best. It's number one. Nothing can touch it. Fair enough. You know what else? Nothing can touch. I Freaking Frank. You, that's what. Freak, I mean, you could touch it for a price. I'd wager. But it's our good buddy Frank over at RetroRewind.ca, our fine friend from the Great White North. Uh, what's Frank doing up there? Well, he's doing a bunch of stuff. The first thing he's doing is fixing your retro computer if you have a problem. You know, not everyone on Earth is a Chris Edwards. Not everyone on Earth uh, can take these machines and whip them back into shape. But Frank absolutely can. If you've got anything in the Commodore family that you can't get to work, that's having problems, both me and you have both had computer troubles over the years. Some real wacky stuff, too. Joysticks not working or mouse buttons failing. How the heck do you fix that? We don't know. We're, we don't know what they're doing. That's the kind of thing you would set up to Frank at RetroRewind.ca. And not only will he do a great job, but he'll also give you a fine price, and he'll get it done quick. Uh, if you think you are uh, studly enough to do repairs on your own, Frank has a full array of not only diagnostic materials for your Commodore and uh, TRS-80 color computer, but he also has replacement caps, top shelf caps. He's also got all the parts you would need uh, to not only repair, but to augment these machines with uh, various SD solutions, accelerators. Really, it's your one-stop shop for anything you would need that's Commodore-related or a TRS-80 color computer. I can't think of a better place to go, Boat. And thankfully, Frank's a good friend of ours, and he has allowed us to share with you a code that will give you a percentage off your total bill. Tell them about it there, Boat. That's right. If you go to RetroRewind.ca and fill up your cart full of goodies, large or small, you can use promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. Make sure you create an account first or the code won't work. Mm. Use that promo code and save yourself 10% off the already low prices offered at RetroRewind.ca. We appreciate Frank and his team up there for offering a quality service to the community and also for being an official sponsor of Amigos. Absolutely. A little bit of real-time follow-up from the chat. Amiga Gamer says Kevin Saunders has done a lot of cool artwork for games. Amiga games such as Reshoot R and modern PC releases with an Amiga feel like Iridium. So it's possible Kevin Saunders is, after all, qualified to be a judge for the Amiga art contest. Listen, he hasn't done Liam Angelo, so that means he's, he's ahead of the game. <laughs> and I, that Reshooter R. I knew, I, I knew his name was from one of these things, and that's what I remember him from. All right, Aaron. Let's talk about muds. Deep in the mud. All right, boat. 
Muds it is. Now, as I often do, I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask you every week. Is this one that you've seen on your radar before? Never, never. This is one I've never even, I mean, nothing. Never even heard a whisper of MUDs before this week. I, I'm going to be with you. I've never heard. And the thing is, we've played similar games. That's the, I mean, yeah. but I've never heard this thing even come up. And what right. makes this more surprising is this was, uh, was published by Rainbow Arts and developed yeah. by Golden Goblins, which is sort of what, I, from what I could tell, was like sort of like a Rainbow Arts Junior, basically, developer. Uh, Golden Goblins, I'd never heard of them either. They only they only did two things on the Amiga that I could find: uh, Grand Monster Slam, and this one. But we've got to check out sometime Circus Attractions. Apparently, oh. it's like a fiendish Freddy type <laughs> game. So we've got to uh, yeah. look that. Game uh, Selection Committee, fire that up. Uh, again, published by Rainbow Arts, uh, the uh, uh, same people that would brought you, of course, brought you the Turricans, Master Blaster, uh, Great Guyana Sisters. They've done a lot of stuff uh, over the years. And uh, this one was coded by a guy with a name I've never heard before. Listen to this name, Gizbert. Gizbert mm. Sigmund. Who I was like it. He sounds like a fourth-level wizard. Yeah. He was responsible for uh, coding uh, circus attractions and a game called Vampire's Empire. That also sounds cool. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple other coders worked on this. Holger Ahrens and Volker Marone. I'm guessing this was, uh, uh, would you guess Germany or somewhere up in that area for these? Because these that, names. That, that, that would be where I'd guess. Yeah. Of course, you know, my linguistic skills leave something to be yeah, desired. So go. I could be off, but that's what I'd guess. Uh, graphics on this were done by Hartwig ne Nieder, Gassel. That's a man. Yeah, some I'm, great names. Yeah, I know. Hart Hartwig. Uh, he worked on uh, Realms of Arcanta, uh, Spin World, Kellogg's uh, Land. I believe you uh, have had a cup of coffee with that one. Western Games. Yep. That's another one I found out. Western Games. That yes, might be fun. We need it. We got to write these down. Uh, the mm -hmm. music on this, you may have heard of a guy called Chris Hillsbeck. Uh, mm -hmm. Boy, he's done a few things, just to name a few. Of course, the Turricans, Aphidia, uh, BC Kid, Great Gun Sisters, Master Blaster, R-Type. Tons and tons of stuff for him. Uh, this was a two-disc game, uh, ECS-OCS, and it's it's unknown which particular format this was released on. So here's something that's interesting, Boat. Uh, of course, uh, MUDS was listed as a... In fact, everywhere I looked, MUDS was listed as a release for Amiga and the PC but apparently, according to a couple sources I found, uh, it had been advertised also on the ST uh, and uh, was even mentioned in their uh, manuals in a couple places. And apparently, there, some people think that somewhere they've got prototypes of this, uh, but it was never released. So the ST missed out. Uh, on getting on getting a copy of the, of the muds boat. Yeah, that, I mean that seems that's very interesting to me because it seems like this would be when you look at the date of its release plus the fact the kind of game that it is. Yeah, it seems like a no brainer that you want to put this out on the ST as well as the Amiga. It was. I was. I was also surprised if, if I'm honest, but. Uh, who knows? Who knows why? Maybe they maybe uh, they released it on uh, the Amiga and DOS, and it didn't do all that greatness to the heck with. It. Who knows? Although yeah. I've also heard to the grapevine, I can't, I don't have any data for this that this game so well in in the, in uh, Germany uh, and the surrounding countries there. That's where that most of the people. And according to what I read, this was also popular in the UK. Although from what I saw online, this game is one of those games that sort of doesn't get a lot of that doesn't get a lot of talk went online. I didn't see a whole lot about it. There weren't I'm glad you didn't go for DAP because I hate Listen, that. I love that. And I'm going to use it again before the day's over because it's my word of the day. So, let's try to describe what MUDS is, Boat. 
in fact, go ahead, but I've been talking. Describe what MUDS is exactly. MUDS is rugby with a live fish. <laughs> well, among other things, but yeah, that's such a MUDS stupid... is a, It is MUDS rugby. Is a, MUDS is a sports game that offers you simulation elements uh, and management elements. But at its core, it's a game like rugby. Uh, you are you play as part of a a side, and you carry a it's sort of an amphibious fish. Um, you carry it uh, to the edge of the field. When you get to the end zone, there is a moat that uh, you must toss the fish over, or I guess you can jump with the fish over uh, the the moat. Uh, and and deposit the the fish into a basket. I will say uh, you, before you continue, that's not a fish, believe it or not. According to the documentation, that is a flightless pterodactyl. Uh, so, oh, so that's what well, that was my next guess. It yeah. was right under it's fish. It's called a flonk, by the way. <laughs> There's a lot you know, of that. The, Get ready for that. The, There's a lot of that in this. The names <laughs> in this documentation yeah. are off the chart stupid. Yeah, it's like sometimes, sometimes you just want to say, just call it gold. You yeah. don't have to come up with a stupid name. Not Schnorberg. It's like no, it's, right. it's a Schnorberg. Right. Yeah, I'm a lot sure that. that they were the the writers were just having a hilarious time, <laughs> but uh, a little of that goes a long yeah. way. Anyway, I, but I thought I'd throw that in. But go ahead. It's a flock. Okay. Carry on. So anyway, uh, the game itself is is pretty simple. Uh, I mean, you you literally you've got uh, the members of your squad have different characteristics. You've got your big tank like creatures, and they're all sort of humanoid creatures. They they uh, well, not all of them, but yeah, you've got say, your, you've got plenty of weirdos on the team. Yeah, your the 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 the, the concept behind this game. Is that when you go to prison, you somehow become an international superstar playing this sport? Well, which it, seems it, dumb. Did you read? And I don't know if you looked at the manual, but there, they, you only have a few choices to what you could do when you go to prison. You can break rocks. You can be a guinea pig for uh, uh, for uh, scientists and doctors, or you can do this if you're qualified. Right. So basically, and here's it, the thing. It, but but I mean, here's the thing. You've gone to pre prison ostensibly because you've done something wrong. Yeah. You know, you, you've, you've done larceny, murder, whatever. And so, you know, your choices are two horrible things, or you can play this sport. By the way, when you play the sport, you get to stay at three-star hotels. You get to go out to the taverns and, and, and drink it up. Yeah. You get to live a great life. Why is everybody not playing MUDs? I kind of want to be a MUDs player right now. Well, a, a couple reasons. One, you can easily die. And also, you one thing in this game you've got to come to grips with is that you're a slaver, and everyone on your team is a slave. You buy at an auction, you buy and sell them like property. They're in chains as you go as you go to buy them. So I mean, you're basically dealing in slavery in this game because I which I, I thought will was say, odd. You know, if yeah, well, I, I think we should we should tackle each one of these different simulation mechanics yeah. one by one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but. Um, just, just rounding up on the, on the, on the, the game itself, you are a traveling squad and you go to these towns, there's a big map. And, uh, when you, you, you play a match and then you leave the town, you go to the next town to play another match. Eventually you get to the final match and you, you win the game. Right. Uh, this game is playable, 
with uh, one versus computer, you can go one versus versus two. I believe there's a two-player competitive or co- uh, cooperative uh, version, and then you can also watch the computer play itself and turn the game into more of a strategy game because you can select tactics. You can choose to be aggressive, defensive, offensive, or tactical, which I mean just means like I guess you whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so there's also substitutions. There's a certain amount of strategy on what kinds of players. For example, you've got uh, little lizard men that are really fast. You've got humans that are kind of like the heroes. They're sort of overall like the best player. Uh, and you've also got big like, uh, you know, golem-like creatures that are really slow, but they're really tough. So there, there's that aspect of the game. So if we look at MUDs as the actual game, that's what you've got. Anything to add to just the, the actual game of MUDs? Uh, when you play the game itself, uh, and we'll get, like you said, we'll get into the strategy part. When you play the game itself, uh, um, the, I will say one of the things I like, the little flourish at the beginning, is you put in this big green field, and as you play it, the field gets all scuffed up. That's mm-hmm. pretty slick. Uh, yeah, the, I like that the too. The game itself... Uh, when you you know you're trying to throw the flock in that basket, and so you've got sort of a lob uh, mechanic in it uh, uh, with the with the crosshairs, uh, which is uh, it's it's different. I mean, a lot of people. Well, the, the, yeah, this is the way that the controls work. I should explain the controls. Yeah. So you, the, it's a one button game, obviously. Yeah. So uh, you traverse the field, uh, and the 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 flonk, You carry the flonk. So there's no. It's not like a soccer game where you're worried about the ball getting away from you. You're carrying the flonk, and whenever you press the button and you hold the button down, there's a cross. Uh, there's a, a crosshairs that appear, and you can move that crosshair around. And it sort of starts close to you and it gets further away as you go. And uh, and that's what you use to either pass the flonk or shoot the flonk. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't think that's the worst, to be honest with you. I don't think that's the worst control method. If you're stuck with one button, uh, that gives you a certain amount of control over not only the direction that you pass or shoot, but also the, how far you want to shoot it. Yeah, it's not the worst. This game's going to be, in fact, everything I read did this. It's off compared to like a uh, speedball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more the first one, the second one. And there are, listen, it's a, yes, it's, it, the field scrolls the same way. Uh, and uh, I will say, you get more, there's more lead time in this than there is in speedball. So you can actually sort of set stuff up a little bit better. One of my problems with speedball was too zoomed in. And this is more mm-hmm. zoomed out. So I think this is, the- I mean, the, yeah, it's it, speedball was too zoomed in. And also it was just the, the action was just too fast. Like it was really hard to kind of strategize. Yeah. I actually found it a, a little bit easier to kind of pass and get a feeling for like, I think maybe I can't remember how many guys are on your team on speedball, but it seemed like there were fewer guys on the field in this too. I could be totally off, but this game, I felt like, the controls were better than speedball, and I felt like the speed of the game was better than speedball. Well, um, I think the field's wider. I think that mm-hmm. I think they take better advantage of the real estate than, than it did in speedball. Listen, am I saying this is better than speedball? No, it's really they have similarities and differences. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Think about it uh, that we'll get into in the strategy part of it. But uh, you know, I it's, this is one of those games that I played sometimes, and sometimes I would simulate. You know, mm-hmm. if I, I did I, the same I thing, I wasn't great, you know, and so sometimes I'm like, let's see what happens if I do this. And, uh, and the simulation part of it, when you actually get to pick your guys, which we'll get into, but it, I, I found that I like that ability. Uh, and I mean, this game isn't as pretty, not by a long shot. It's like a, yeah. it's like a speedball, but uh, it's, it's muds, you know, it's not, 
<laughs> they were, I don't think they meant it to be pretty. Did we mention right. what MUD stands for, by the way? I don't think we did. We probably should say that. It means mean, ugly, dirty sport. Just to get that out of the way. Go ahead, Boat. So, um, what am I going ahead with? What do oh, you want me to talk about? the strategy part. Okay, okay. So, now, there's a whole other side of the game besides just playing the game. When you start the game... Uh, you get an option. You get, I think it's called the action mode, where you can just get into a match, which right. is cool. Yeah. I love that because sometimes you just want to play the game. Yeah. But to get the full muds experience, you go through the the the, the management slash strategy part of the game. Okay. Yeah. And the way that this is displayed is in your classic European settler style garbage, which means what? we don't actually put any text on the screen. We just give you tons of poorly drawn icons that you have to constantly refer back to the manual to figure out what they mean. So you get a city, the city, uh, you get a top-down view of a city, like you're looking at a city map, okay? And instead of putting the locations on the city map, you have to hover your mouse around to get them to pop up, Yes. okay? This is dumb. This is real, real dumb, okay? When you want to put a city map on there, that's fine. Put your city map on there, but then put the areas that you can go to on the map so you don't just have to blindly mouse around to try and find what you're looking for. Okay, that's stupid and it wastes your time. Okay, then once you find the symbol, you've got to cross check it with the symbol in the in the manual because some things make sense, but some things don't. Okay, then when you get into the when you get into the thing itself. Okay, well, well, let's talk about these. Do you have the documents open to where you can go through? Because I can talk about each one, but I'm afraid I'm going to leave one out. Well, I do. I do have the documents here. I mean, there's not, it's, there's not a, it's not like there's a million things you can do, but I can name off majority of them. So, well, name them one at a time, and right. I'll tell you if they're good or All not. All right. So the first thing you can do, uh, there are multiple hotels in a city. Okay. Right. They range from one star, I think, uh, up to what four. I know there's at I least think, a three. I think three. And, yeah. and and these are places you can rest your team, and they and the uh, uh, the amount of stars are uh, you know just like a real hotel. The more you pay, uh, so if, you know. But presumably your team gets better rest uh, when they're in these hotels. So that a lot of the icons are in hotels. You want to talk about the hotels at all? There, there's not much to say. You you basically buy rent there. I think it's per month. Yeah, yeah and, when you uh, leave town, that's the end. You don't pay anymore. So that's right. The, we'll get about that. Then you've got the bank. I don't know how much mm -hmm. you use the bank. So uh, I never, I never used the bank. But this is the only place that you can go to see how much money you have in your account. Which, yeah. I mean, like if we're talking about like a realistic, first of all, we're talking about something that's totally not realistic. <laughs> so, right. it, you know, like thematically I can understand where it's like, Oh yeah, you need to go to the bank if you want to check your account balance. Yeah. But when you're playing a video game, you want an easy way to check your account balance at any time. Cause everything that goes into the management and strategy part of this game has to do with money. Yeah. So to me, that's the biggest flaw of this this whole system is just put your account balance in the top right corner of the screen so you can see how much money you've got. Well, I think th thematically they, were, they they had a theme they were going with, and they were this is this is all this whole city map thing. You could have done this in just a series of menus, but they wanted to, you know they wanted to go with an aesthetic. I, you know, okay. Uh, then you've also got an area where you can go and, and to loan sharks and get loans. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, and I will say that in all of these, uh, in all of these different scenes, when you click on it, there is a very nicely drawn picture yeah. of, like, for example, when you go to the bank, you see like a slug behind a, you know, behind a screen or something like the banker. When you go to the the loan shark, he's holding a ball bat or some sort yeah. of a weapon. Uh, that that all those little touches are very cool. I like that. Yeah, they, they did flesh out these little things. Then you've got healers. Healers do just what you think they do. You can take your team there to get them uh, fixed up. Uh, they'll tell you what's wrong with them, but they you have to pay to get them fixed. Then you've got the 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 basically the player market. Again, you've got to keep in mind that everyone on the field are slaves, and you yeah. own them. And so this yeah. is where you go, this... and it's sort of uncomfortable as you watch them parade these people in shackles and yeah. To me, this is this is like the part of the game where I was like, I would not have gone this way. <laughs> um, this is, and maybe it's because we're in the United States where we have a history of slavery, and maybe that Germany doesn't have in their more recent history. But whenever you line people up, they're chained by the ankle, and literally yeah. a slave market with a collar. Uh, and you've got your slave, ma you know, your slave arbiter that's down there telling you how much things are, you know, they're worth. Um, you know, I know what they're going for. It's weird, you know, because Germany has all these rules. They've got the blacklist of games that you can't make and stuff. This seems like, you know, one of the more disturbing things that you might want to add to that list. I don't know. I just felt weird about this part yeah, of the game. Yeah, it's and the thing is, uh, you could have done this in different ways. I prefer yeah. your team to be full of mercs. Who are just doing it for right. the money as opposed to but I mean listen, you know, they I still wouldn't have done it this way, but they that's what they did. Uh you've also got your uh of course we've got your inns where you can go in there, you're basically bars. You can go in your and tavern. get liquor yeah, excuse me, your tavern. You can go in there and get liquored up. You could also this is another place where you could pick up players. Although I never bought any here because they were well, they, 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 yeah. One of the reviews that I, I saw said that they were three times their market value. And oh, yeah. this is, yeah. And, uh, and so that to be like that, I could never afford anything. I think you have to win several games before you have that kind of wad. Uh, apparently, you can also bribe the referees. You can attempt yeah. to bribe the referees uh, in the tavern. Uh, but apparently, the referees, if uh, they'll take your money and then they'll rule against you, is uh, is cheek for having the gall to try and bribe them, which I think is funny. I, 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 I endorse that. I behavior. saw a bunch of people talking about bribing the refs, and none of them had good things to say. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. I never went here, but uh, it's there. Uh, the City Chronicler. Uh, did you ever go to the City Chronicler? I th is that where you save your game? Uh, this is how you. Uh, uh, let me see what I'm not. I haven't not been there. I don't know what you do there. Let's see here. I think I think it's where you save your Keep game. Keep the records and statistics of the successes. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm not, that's someplace I never went. I'm not sure every town even has that. And then one place I did go a lot was the betting office because you could bet, mm -hmm. place bets on your on yourself on Pete your Rose team style. and other teams. Yeah. yeah. And then you and then you can uh, uh, you can win some money that way. That's great if you think you're going to win, or if you think you're right. going to lose, you can do it that yeah. way. Of course, if you lose, it's not worth it for you to throw a game. I can tell you that right now. Then of course, now, the did you have gates. difficulty? Did you have difficulty negotiating the betting screen? Because to me, this was one of the more confusing menus. Oh yeah, yeah. It, you had to pick. Not only you had to pick the game and the team, and then you then there's the painful thing of trying to figure out how to actually. See how much money right. you want to bet. Yeah, no, I did have trouble with that. Uh, and but I, 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 you know, I got it. But it, it was, uh, I, it took me several games to figure out exactly what I was. In fact, a lot of these menus weren't exactly uh, uh, the easiest to get through. Like you said, they, it, this could have been done in a, a more uh, 
Um, this could have been done off of a pull-down menu, almost all this, if you'd wanted to. But they were going for a theme, and I, you know, I'll give them that. Uh, it's funny because when you actually play the game, before the game starts, you've got to put your players out there, and your players have all their statistics, that you, and then you get to assign the players where you want them to play. Uh, the different players, like your, the humans, like boats that are sort of good, like they're kind of like average across the board. Then you've got these things called bulls. They're big, slow, ugly, dopey-looking guys, but they they're real tough to hurt. They just kind of lumber around because there's two ways to be to win in this game, and one is to actually, uh, you know, win at the end of the game with the most blocks. But the other way is if you is if your team or that team can't field a team because too many right. people have died, and if that happens, uh, then you lose if you can't field a team or they can't field a team. And one of the easiest ways to not fill a team is to fall in the moat or jump in the moat, uh, which I did pr lots and lots of times, especially early on. There's a as a as a sea creature in there; they'll eat you if he catches you. The good thing is you can you can actually the computer could get falling in the moat too. And I had the computer lose two or three players in a, in a game once because they kept going into the moat. It all depends on where the shark's at uh, when you fall in there. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, uh, two other things that I want to mention are the referee and the uh, the, the 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 starting um, the starting bell or yeah. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the horn. So the, the the referee is a vaguely reptilian looking creature that actually has a whistle shaped head. Yeah. So all all she has to do is just sort of blow through her nose, I guess, and yeah. that makes the whistle sound. And then to start the action, she she pounds on this uh, this other unfortunate creature. It looks like something Job of the Hut might eat. Yeah. And uh, and then the I don't know if the flonk springs forth from its mouth or if the flonk just decides that's the time to jump into the action, but that's, that's how play starts. Yeah. And you've also got a certain number of flocks that are in the game as well. I think that once, once seven flonks are scored, the game is over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a real, it's an unusual game. It really is. And I will say in its own way, I've never put anything quite like it. Now, is this a game that? Because when you we mentioned the the city and stuff, that's part of the campaign. And when you play a campaign in this game, you're literally your team's going from town to town. They're playing games. They're in a league. And you and all, we should mention that if you are in debt in this town, they won't let you leave. I had that happen to me a couple times. You wouldn't let me leave the town because I owed money. Uh, so that can happen. So uh, you have to be pretty good at the game to get through all the cities, uh, which I was not. In fact, I was—I mean, I did win—I did win a couple games. I will say that, but I, and I was quicker to pick this up than I have other games of this ilk. I will say that, but uh, this game was just—it's not as chaotic as other ones, but it's still pretty chaotic. I thought, didn't you think so, Bo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gone back and forth all week about whether I think this is a better game or not than yeah. Speedball. I mean, this wins points automatically by not being a stupid Bitmap Brothers game. Oh. So that, you're, that's you're on a roll tonight, aren't you? But I mean, there are some things that Speedball, like Speedball, definitely looks better. There's no yeah. question about it. It's a better looking game. But would I rather play Speedball than this? The, the, one of the things that's good about Speedball is that the ease with which you can score goals. It's just not as difficult. You just basically walk up and you, the way that you fire it. Yeah. So it, it makes higher scoring games possible. Plus, there's uh, if we talk about like speedball too, there's all the extra scoring opportunities and things like that. Yeah. But I think I I I would like to play this game against you sometime just to see yeah. what it's like playing against another player. Me too. We and we left out a couple things. So you know, we mentioned that the the players have stats. 
You can actually, I don't know if you did this, but I did this several times. You could actually, one of, the, one of the options in the city is to go to the stadium and, like, practice. And you could actually improve your stats by doing that, which I did that sometimes. It's funny because when you're ready to play a game, you have to go to the stadium and, like, basically notify everyone that there's going to be a game. Then they set you up with a the game. Then you play the game. But the stadium is another place you end up visiting when you're in the town. Uh and the stats, the players have stats. How well do these stats? I mean, definitely you can tell the good players from the bad players because some of the bad players are just dumb, like real mm-hmm. dumb. There are certain zones in this game where you like. I mean, you could people just go in there and beat the crap out of each other. There are certain zones where you can you can and can't call a timeout because sometimes you need to take make a replacement or whatever. You can sort of tell when your guy's mauled because he'll. It takes him a while to get up, and then eventually they just don't get up. <laughs> that means he's right. dead. That's a right. dead guy. So you've sort of got to – I didn't learn this early on, and so I was having guys fall over left and right because I wasn't pulling them out of the game. <laughs> now, like, the hilarious oh. thing is that this reminded me of the soccer game for the Nintendo called Nintendo World Cup yeah. where guys literally also die on the field. They die they in just... soccer? Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is these are the only games that I've played that are like that. That's what made me think of that. Yeah, I mean, just to just to, you know, we're not this game is deeper than you would think, and we're not even covering everything. But I mean, there are like five or six stats per character, and they range it from everything from more moral to uh, morale, I should say, to stamina, speed, to how good they are at playing certain positions. I mean, there's a lot to it, and I think if you were really dedicated to this game. You could probably get in here and really put together a team that you yeah. like. And kind of, t- I mean, there's a lot of ability to tinker with your team to make them like do what you want, you know. And and there's a ways to build up your players by getting better players and training right. the players you got. I mean, you could really get in there, and probably get real dedicated to it, boat. And you know, I was sort of burying the game earlier for saying, you know, with its icon based things and stuff like that. But here's the thing: if you're serious about this game and you're serious about wanting to get better at it, you're going to learn what those icons mean. It's just like oh, yeah. settlers. You it's know, not you're just going to learn it. It's it's not the easiest thing to jump into and kind of get 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 going, but you can learn it. And I'm sure that this game can be extremely enjoyable, even if you just play it from a sim perspective. And uh, yeah. because, like you said, the the statistics for each character are so fleshed out. And apparently, the sim that playing this as a sim, a lot of people do that. And they enjoy it. So that tells me that they've done a good job on the back end of this thing, making right. it realistic and making your decisions mean something. We also should mention that during the game, uh, you can also adjust your offense, your defense. What? How, what are you going to play aggressive? Or are you going to play offensively, defensively? You're going to try to guard a lead, you know, stuff like that. So there's also the you know tactical things that you can do, even if you're not actually actually playing the characters, uh, you know, yourself. So, and I thought, like a boat mentioned earlier, I thought the controls were pretty solid and when the game. I wasn't great at the game, you know, but I think I, can, I might be able to get good at it. I'll have to say, this one, when I fired it up and I w- went to that city map, I was like, oh, God, here, what is this? And, you know, because I'm not necessarily into that sort of thing, but I, <clears throat> I didn't find it as abrasive as you did. Because there's not that many icons to memorize. I, I popped a doctor. Well, here, here's the thing, though. Like, when you go to a new city... <laughs> They're all like you get a new map and everything's in a different place. And and I mean, it's just it's not ideal because you, when you want to go somewhere, you want to go somewhere. You don't want to have to hunt and peck around for it. I know. I, I'm not saying just your opinion. I understand. I fully understand it. But uh, it's not the, it's not the worst. I mean, again, they were going for the something. They were yeah. going for it's something, you know, uh, and so uh, it was what it was. Um, they did release. We mentioned that they released uh, this on, on in DOS. 
and so lo and behold, uh, I've got the DOS version uh, here on the comparison thing. And guess what? You're, you're going to be stunned to know that these aren't that much different. I will say, actually, the DOS, the music is not good. <laughs> I know it's stunning revelation, but it's it's it stinks. Uh, but the, the Amiga version is a much better sounding. But I mean, graphically... Uh, there's not a ton of difference between the two, if I'm honest. Uh, from what you know, I saw, if I if I'm being honest, I think the DOS version actually looks slightly better. I think that the green on the field looks slightly better. I think there's a little bit more detail in the players. Um, so that's just my two cents. It was VGA, so there's mm -hmm. they got that going right. for them. Uh, but you know, I don't think you're going to lose anything by. I mean, you're going to gain better music, that's for sure. I don't think mm -hmm. you're going to lose too much. It's you know, it's a trade off. Um, the reviews on this were were uh uh you know they were interesting uh the people in lemon give it a 7.73 so not the worst uh the cumulative average from the magazines that they surveyed on here uh listed this as an 81 percent hey joker gave this thing an 87 so they're putting over their uh, putting it over there. In fact, that was that was one of the highest reviews. I, I, I would love to see. I would love to see a cross reference chart of Amiga Joker scores versus um, Amiga games produced in Germany. I knew you were going to say that. We say they're homers. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. We don't know. We have no basis for that. Hey, they like this game. A lot of people liked it. Amiga Action though uh, was the low man on the totem pole. Uh, they only gave this a sixty-seven percent. They weren't they weren't interested uh, in the game that much, and they didn't think it looked that good either. I read their review. Uh, did we get any Discord action on this boat? Uh, the Discord group took the week off this week. Uh, they wanted nothing to do with muds. Really? So we got no Discord. That's reviews. a shame because I think this is I think this is a game that really uh, people would enjoy. Yeah. You know, I, I, this gonna, is this I'm is the perfect this is the perfect sports game for a 16-bit computer. Because it's it offers depth that you just don't find on console-based um, sports games at this time. Like in 1990, there was nothing on the consoles that, that that had this kind of depth. I think, you know, again, there's a lot of this that runs me a lot of Speedball and Speedball 2, including the stuff, Bob and the Revs, tweaking up your team and stuff. But I thought I was I thought this was I was I'm not saying this is a better game again, but I am saying that I was better at this than I've ever been at the speedball games. And, and again, I I'm like you, I kind of like that uh, the radical uh, action and the and the one of the things that I really like about this game too is that you can immediately tell, unlike speedball, you can immediately tell which guy does has what characteristic just by looking at him. Yeah, like the the lizard guys look totally different than the than the big hulking beast guys, and they they act accordingly. You know. Yeah. Uh, I like it when they sort of spell out what each guy does. It's like ice hockey on the NES. You had like really skinny fast guy. You had really tubby slow guy. I like being able to tell because you can make your strategy when you pass it to guys. You know what they're going to do. Like one of the, my favorite things in this game is to pass it to one of the big hulking guys and just having him run roughshod over all the little guys as he makes his way up the field that's yeah, really satisfying there's also like worm guys mm -hmm. and there's a little, octopus guy there's, little, yeah, real, there's, there's a diverse you're right you can always tell just by looking at him what you're gonna get that's always nice although sometimes some guys will surprise you uh given their stats uh, but i thought it was interesting you know th this game does play much slower than a speed ball but there's a lot more you know, goal out, you know, ball or I guess pterodactyls out and stuff where they have to kind of reposition the ball and start again. So that it's not as quick a play, you know, and also when guys that we're seeing it now on the screen, when guys get stuck in the moat, there's sort of a, uh, you have to waggle your stick to get out of there. 
and which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But that sometimes it just it just slows everything down while you're waiting for them to either get eaten or get out of the water. So it's definitely a slower game. There's a lot more timeouts and stuff in this where you're going to be in there. You're going to be taking the timeouts to adjust your char your characters and stuff. So it is more. Uh, I would say it's more uh, tactical in every element of that than a, say a speedball. And so that's what you should be ready for when you get into this game. That's the that's the kind of game you're getting into. A more tactical sort of a speedball type game. Um, right. Lastly, to close it out, I looked this up on the eBay boat. Now, this is interesting. Uh, I saw these. I, I saw none of these sold, but there are some selling. They're all in the UK. You can get these complete in box for around eighty dollars. That's what they were fishing for. I don't know if they're getting it. I did see a guy that was selling several of these new in box, still sealed. He was fishing for a buck eight or buck sixty on these, one hundred and sixty dollars, uh, mm. U.S. dollar. So. I don't know if this was a, not a big seller. I don't know if these guys are just trying to get some action. I don't know, uh, but uh, there's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good chump change right there for a game like this. It is. I would I would maybe think about picking something like this up if it was uh, you know, on the cheaper side. That's a little bit too much for uh, for my wallet to handle, so I won't be picking this one up. But still, a pretty fun game, Bode. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, good box art too. Yeah. Good no gosh, art. great box art. I agree with you on that. All right, Aaron. Well, we leave muds and we go right to another kind of mud. Our YouTube channel. There you go. Here we are. So let's start off this week, uh, Bo. And I'm going to let you talk about this one. This was our R. Sinclair for the month. So we did fast food, otherwise known as fast food dizzy. Yeah. Uh, this is a dizzy game of a different color. Uh, I guess it truly is because I think dizzy is yellow in this game instead of white. Um, and it's a it's a maze chase game. It's a very reminiscent of your Pac-Man or Casey Munchkin. Uh, but uh, it's I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it more than most did. I, in fact, uh, this was a budget title. I think it, it released at one or two ninety nine pounds. Yeah. Uh, and it's a game where you are uh, trying. You're negotiating your way through mazes, uh, tracking down food that's moving around while you're being chased by monsters. There's power ups. There's a great variety of different stages. Uh, and uh, I just thought that it was just a good all-round arcade homage. What did you think, Aaron? I I like this game quite a bit. It was this was this, actually I don't know which is more surprising, this or or Muds in terms because I was like, man, I'm going to bury this thing. But listen, as soon as I turned this on, I just looked at it. Big, acute graphics. It's uh, I like the setup. I wish the, I wish the actual screen was larger, but uh, but uh, I like the game. It was more fun than I thought. It is exactly what you think it is, which that's unusual. I mentioned on the show that it reminds me sort of the Odyssey 2 uh, version of Casey Munchkin. I, was, I really enjoyed this show. I uh, hope that you people uh, will be more than happy to check this out. We had a lot of fun with our Sinclair uh, boat. Uh, so here's a here's an interesting morsel. Uh, this is an insert disc 2 that we recorded uh, without even knowing we were recording it. Uh, I think this was last week or two weeks ago. When we talked about my trip to the Mothman Festival, Mothman Festival was a couple weeks ago, and I have a hot take on this episode. Mm. Boat asked me some biting questions in here as we get into it. Uh, Boat, or do you think you'll ever go back down to a Mothman Festival? Once was enough. Once was enough. So you're you're out. Understandable. Yeah. And you could just you could hear my eyewitness report on this. We had a lot of fun. I like these insert this too. We've been kicking a couple of these out here and there just because me and Bo have been in the talking mood here recently. I know you're stunning. Yeah, we that. have. Uh, here's a little something that myself and the Brent put together. Uh, this is the ARG presents and the 
the category this week that we spun, Games That Defined a Genre. This was a lot of fun for me and the Brent because we got to pick a couple games that we had an argument for that would define their genre. Brent defined the roguelike genre with Rogue. Safe choice. Uh, because <laughs> You defined the breakout genre with Arkanoid. Well, I don't know if you I don't know if you listened to the show. But I've I, already I heard had, it. I, I, I listened my, to it immediately. I had my reasons for that. For one thing, that was a dead genre. And for another reason, you could almost make a play that the the breakout genre uh, had, had went as far as it could go. And so this, I, I, Brent gave me, listen, if Brent gave me a pass, I feel like I'm safe. Pick well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. You had a perfect pick for a wheel piece that said games that redefined a genre or games that were resurrected for the dead. Yeah, well, either way. And also games that define the genre completely fit the category. So listen, check us out. We, had, we actually had a real good time on this one, Boat. Uh, I like I love both of these games, so this yeah, was a real treat yeah. for me. Brit, I was amazed that Brit hated Arkanoid. I've never met anyone. I, I was amazed that you were amazed because he literally talks about how he hates these games on every well, show. Well, as I mentioned often, I never pay attention to what Brit says. Now this one, Boat, holy! I've got to get an explanation to how you came up with this one, Boat. Tell the people what you've done. So for the the past several weeks, I've been uh, falling asleep to the sweet sweet sounds of Questing Beast reading the original AD&D Dungeon Master's Guide from 1979. Oh my god. <laughs> and so and so I I was like, you know what? What do I have that might offer people some sort of uh late night relief? And so uh I decided to pull out from the shelf, you know, uh several years ago when I received the Amiga 1000 from my uncle, uh it came with the original Amiga user guide. So I pulled this thing off the shelf and I was like, you know what? This is cool. This is cool because it is explaining so many things that we take for granted. Like things like windows, things like just basic movements with the mouse and clicking mouse buttons and how things react. Uh, and so what I do, and it's th this thing is fully color on the inside. Of course, the Amiga 1000, unlike pretty much every other Amiga ever made, was a premium product that was designed for a premium audience. Yeah. And so everything about it was just very well over, you know, was almost overproduced. And so um, going through this thing is 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 pretty is pretty interesting. Um, and like I said, if you just want to put it on while you're doing something else, or you want to take a look at some of the, the, the color pictures that are inside this thing, um, you can, you can, as far as I know, I'm the only person that's ever attempted to read the Amiga 1000 user guide. And I plan on making this a multi-part series. I can really only do about 20, 25 minutes before I start to put myself to sleep. So uh, look for a part two soon. That was my question. Let me ask you a uh, boat. Uh, when, when, when you sit down to read this thing, I mean, are you, do you are you reading? I haven't listened to this yet, by the way. And I was, first of all, I said, are you going to release this on the podcast uh, channel? Is this no, going out? No, no, oh, you, I, I, I think, think you should I, think just, about that. Okay. And, and secondly, okay. Uh, uh, are you reading like the uh, table six says? Or I mean, how, how in depth is this so, reading? What I do is I read anything that's presented in sentence form. Yeah. Awesome. So anything that's like a matrix or anything like that, I'm not going to read. But anything that's in paragraph form, I read. Let me ask you: the guy that's reading the DM's guide. 
Because those old DMs guys were rich, ripe with old tables. Is he going through and reading all the tables and that? Again, I I, I copied his idea wholesale. He does not read the matrices. He says, and then you have a table that talks about this. You can this. get through the D&D guide in about 10 minutes if you skip all the tables. It's got thousands of tables. It's in got it. tons. Of, I had no idea how many yeah. tables were in that thing. Very it's good, insane. Boat. I think this is a very clever idea, Boat. I, I, I oh, think that's data. Keep, keep them coming, brother. I will. Um, plus, hey, everyone likes to go to bed. Who wouldn't want to go to bed to the soothing tones, uh, tones of Buriga Amiga guides? Lovely. Mm -hmm. Let's switch over to the stream team. We actually had some hot action this week on the uh, stream team. Listen, here's what I dug up, uh, Boat. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but it's, you know, I, in our continuing uh, quest to find stuff that I never released on the stream team channel. Here's a video of me, you, and Brent, or excuse me, me, you, and Luke playing the Dungeons & Dragons Tower of Doom arcade game. I think Tower beat, of Doom! We beat the whole game. <laughs> so it's the video goes on for a while. And at the tail end of it, you want to watch me and Luke play Rampage, which we oh, yeah. is the, the new Rampage. So if you like watching just like nutty arcade banter with myself. This one seems to be like uh, uh, years before the, even the last one because Luke is like aging in reverse on these. Well, He's is, even younger is, in this, this one. This is a similar time frame because it was a very limited amount of time that I had the arcade cams fired up. So, mm, okay. Yeah, so okay. I, I dug that one out and stuck up. Again, this has never been released before, so if you, you might get a kick out of it. Um, okay, we got to go ahead and I guess we'll go ahead and talk about this. Uh, last Saturday, it all went down. Uh, at the International Computer Club, uh, it was a four-hour and 19-minute uh, extravaganza, I guess. Uh, when we had, we really did have some uh, excellent uh, presenters on here. We had, we got to spend 40 minutes with Mr. Pleasant's boat, which was uh, I really enjoyed uh, having Mr. Pleasant's come around. I feel, Absolutely, I feel like we've we've made it now. Once again, we had Mr. Pleasant's come on. Uh, thanks to Frank at Retro Rewind for uh, getting him on the uh, show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we heard from a, we had so many presenters. I don't want to I don't want to miss anybody. So I'm not going to mention. We had a lot of of presenters on here, and this thing ran so long. I thought I'd split it into uh, into two parts. Look at that Team Speaker Regulars banner. Did you make that? Yeah, I did. Um, that looks great. It looks like the TSR logo. It is. It's kind of switched that. a little yeah, bit. I, yeah, that's so, awesome. Uh, thank you, Boat. So anyway, th this was a again, this was a long show. So I split this into half. So we're going to release part two. Uh, uh, probably late, like next week, it'll come out uh, of International Computer Club. If you don't want to watch it on Twitch, I will say these, uh, these two, uh, the two parts I've got coming up now on on the uh, YouTube channel are cursing free. I went through and edited the crap out of it, so you can sit down if you want to watch this with your family or whatever. You can sit down and watch it. I took out all the uh, uh, major cursories in the end. So this was a, a, a this was an interesting. An interesting event, boat, and uh, but I think it's certainly there's a lot of good stuff in here. In fact, uh, thanks to the uh, uh, thanks to Graham's segment, I actually went out and bought that book. It's sitting right over here, the uh, a DOS book he he looked at. So there's some good tips in there for some good reading material as well, and some projects and stuff. So an interesting event that's up on the Amiga Stream Team section, and then finally on the Amiga Stream Team, and I was I was privy to this last night. Our good buddy Jack Flack. Fired up the old AO486 Mr. Core boat to play some old DOS games last night. 
uh, including Prince of Persia was one. He also played uh, some Donkey Kong clones. Uh, he also played uh, some uh, uh, pinball. Uh, so he played a lot of stuff on here, and it, and then he also played a lot out of this world. You know, we sort of buried out of this world last night, boat because of the <laughs> beginning. The, I, the, I, we never, I don't know if we ever talked this, but whoever thought this was a great way to begin the game is an idiot with those yep. stupid little claw leeches at the yep. beginning of it. Yep. That sucked. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I hated that. It's a great looking game. It's a very clever game, but that's annoying. Anyway, check uh check out Jack Flack. That's Sprite Castle. It's also on the Amigos Stream Team channel. Please subscribe today to the Amigos Stream Team. Three words. All content comes directly from streams or uh, from uh, the our archives of unreleased footage. So it, that was a that's a little plug there, but that's all I've got, my friend. I love it. I love it. All right, Aaron. We're gonna move on to the Patreon song challenge from mm. last week. Uh, nobody, nobody got the correct answer. Uh, how college yeah, uh, was it was this one I can't well it was, it was it, this was this is the opposite oh, of college i know have you ever heard one. i knew oh one. you know what it is what it was, is it wasn't this avril lavigne was that that's one right heard? yeah that's right yeah. so you should have you should have answered it i didn't know i, I didn't know i could one. win i thought i was ineligible to win these things you're always a winner oh thank so uh this was don't tell me by avril lavigne um so if you are into uh canadian uh girls Songers, uh, you can. You, you I, I like some of her that. stuff. I like some yeah, of her stuff. Yeah, me too. I'm, me too. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, that was boy. that. Yeah, I like Skater Boy and Complicated. So, both of them. <laughs> uh, we move on to this week's Patreon song challenge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, if you know it, send me an email at John at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as the winner. If you are watching live in chat, you're, uh, you can uh, please don't put it in the chat. Make it fun for everyone. I'm trying to get myself in the right mind space to do this one. Oh, man. Because um, it's going to involve some instrumentation. Okay, here we go. Jack Hawk, Richard Baker, Alec Bieber, Data Dog, I2, Scooby Daniel, James Mallor, Mashpar, Exploring the Ida, Robot Doctor, Pack Billy, Rob McDavid, Howard Price, Jazz Dog, R Typer, Um Face, Pooh Hands, Chris Edwards, Pencil Alarm, Albert Kim, we like what we like, Mr. Chill. Peter Price, Herman V, Wanda Lee, Chesim, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Ramo, K. Ramo, K. David Terrace, Drew Carlos, Matthew, Mobius, the Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, David, George Rosansky, the Omega Show, Daniel Crafty Super, Famic King Crazy Loomis, or William Vinter, Scott Heavy Systems, Inc., Frank Lark, Bylan, Orloff, Hope, Alien Breeder, David Loss of Laptor, Cabot Boy, Daniel Williams, Luke Cousin, Bomb the Bass, Frodo, Winnell, Solon, Sizer, Tech Mage, 
Jürgen, Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorg Love Reflection, Simon Lash, Captain Lash, Captain Crispy, Killer Boston, Caffeine, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, K Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Danny Jones, Lola Brothers, Terminator, Timmy, and Amiga Gas, Break It Down, RMC, Bernard Quinn, Tim Drew, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Edda, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Lerma, more. Andy Craig, Sean Zo, Organ Solo, Park Beer, Rollerbuck, Andrew Buck, Jonathan Zombie, Leaf Kadad, Alligator Bob, Jacoby, Lemon Lord, Sean Marshall, Matthew Perron, Creepy, Dan Barthlow, Doris Stepford, Sword Gun, Edvin, Christopher Hassel, Chris Foles, Laura Jeru, Graham Bebke, Adam Batters, B. O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Herrick, the Duncan, Duncan Siles, Tales from the Crib, Josh, Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, Eric Nelson, Daniel, Bigson, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn. And Kyobyon Wow. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of that song. And I, it, t- it took everything I had to not just jump in. Uh, and because I love that song so much. Remember, it's a great I'm, song. I'm serious. I love that song. I knew it the second you started. I'm like, oh, no. So for <laughs> once, you picked one that I like. That was, well, I mean, I used to like it anyway. You, of course, ruined it horribly. That ending was the, you had me tell the Oregon solo. Then I, <laughs> that's, what do we got coming up next week on Amigos, Let's Aaron. see what we got here. Oh, man. I've heard of this one. It must, yeah. be, it must be a, uh, a flashback episode. It's a but... second look at cannon fodder. We must have done this one within our first 50 episodes, because that is the rule. So it'll be nice to take another look at an Amiga classic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, boat. It'll be fun to go back, because that's not what I've played all that much since we played it. Now, I would be remiss if I forgot to mention our awesome, awesome Twitch subscribers, because I should have done that before the big reveal. But sometimes I just get so wrapped up in the Patreon song that I can't think straight. And so, I will do that for you now. We got Goldilocks, UK. We got Level Lord, Da Crabs, MTG, TSI Matt, Benz666, Robert Wendell, Mr. Rocket, Texas Foosballer, Grizzla, Super Tech Boy, Spinny108, Amiga Live, Brother Bill, Amy Steph, Great Al G, Beach Bum7, Barry Dingle, Mcron. Mitsuyama, Retro Rewind.ca, John Marshall 3, Steve Burtz, Blue Train, Real Retro Dude, Pints and Amiga, Wide World of Retro, Negsol, Yeet Sweats, Explore, Holy Guacamole, I2 Scooby, Eeyore 4077, Boat of Car, oh, that's me, Thursobard, Dave, 7G1000, Jigglebox, Jabasoft, Pakutake, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, Uber Scuba Diver, Mashpie, Tenmark, Tin foil, tin mark and tin foil back to back, double tin. Petzl canine zap. Buck Owens, L. Curtis Boyle. All hell. Uram, Edvin Helland, Retro Jerry, Oil of Hope, HSEI Ken, Happy Coding ZX, and Barkbit. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we've progressed to the point where you are now our sponsor, boat. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I kick in, man. Thanks, Oh, man. okay. Well, um, I got your message, Pixels at Dawn. Sorry, I screwed up. All right. So, we will see you guys next week. And until then...
Adios. Adios.